0: I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Johnny Crypto. Mario, also known as the Node Defender, and Billy, the chart analysis expert, is joining us on this Friday. So I am very excited for today's show. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing how a government oversight committee is suing the United States Securities and Exchange Commission for bad faith gamesmanship when it comes to regulating the crypto market. Could this finally be the day the SEC is held accountable? Ripple, Stellar, and Amazon Web Services were spotted in London together at a CBDC symposium as Coinbase is apologizing to the Pepe community for calling their token a symbol of hate. Walmart is excited about the FedNow payment system upgrade, claiming they're excited to use the first mover advantage. And with the BIS building a CBDC project on the XRPL, we break down the details showing our community how global institutions are creating the greatest opportunity of our era. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So, Johnny Crypto, it is Conspiracy Friday, so I hope you're ready to talk a little bit of conspiracies. But first of all, how are you feeling, my friend? And thank
1: you for being here. Abs, it's always a great day when it's Friday. Happy Friday to all the Warrior Maniacs out there. Love you guys and appreciate you guys as well. It's so great to see Mario and Billy here in the house. I don't want to take up too much air time. We'll, we'll save for the air. So good morning to all the War Maniacs, and hopefully you're all doing well. Thank you so much, Johnny. And we got
0: the No defender in the building as well, Mario, sporting the Merlin gear. First of all, good to know we're matching. Great minds think alike, but so do up. dumb minds. That's the other end of that saying nobody says. How you feeling this morning, and thanks for being here.
2: I'm feeling great, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. It's good to be here with Billy. It's been a while since we've been on together, so I'm really grateful for that. Obviously, grateful to be here with everybody in the chat and Johnny Crypto, which just magically disappeared. And obviously, Abs. <laughs> but really happy. I'm really excited to be here.
0: Absolutely. And Billy, it is Conspiracy Friday, and I brought a good, a bunch of good topics for us to discuss. But first of all, how are you feeling, my friend? And thanks for making time for us.
3: Bro, thank you for having me. Uh blessed, man. Anytime I get to hang out with the fellas, it's always a good day. I love Fridays. You know, we like to talk about conspiracies, uh, a.k.a. the truth or just future telling. So, yeah. (laughs) That
0: being said, guys, we're going to get this show started the same way we always do by showing you my Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That's at 3TGM Crypto at 4,100 followers. Go smash that follow button. I'm on there throughout the day. When you check out the Bitcoin Fear and Greed Index, Johnny, we're sitting in neutral at a 49. And the daily bubbles, we've got Pepe down 25%, Hex down 23, and the rest of the market, it's just barely right across the board. When we look at some of the daily movers this morning, we are sitting at 1.10 trillion in total market cap. Bitcoin is 46% dominance, Ethereum is about 20%. We've got Bitcoin taking a negative, almost down 10% on the 7-day, sitting at 26,300. Ethereum, 17, XRP 42, Cardano is 36 cents, and let's scroll down to Quant Network sitting at 104 this morning and Johnny, there's a lot of news going on in the market today and don't think I forgot about the Merlin update. I've got to give the people what they want, and this is the Merlin page you've been waiting for. So, Johnny, while you give your market update this morning, why don't you tell us what's on your mind?
1: Well, you know, at the end of the day, abs we're sitting around a forty nine fifty at the uh, at the uh, fear and greed index, right? So we're kind of in that zone where people don't know which way we're gonna go, what's happening, what it's looking like, you know, and where the markets are taking us. But I think that, you know, on my mind, I know that right now. You got to be careful in May. May is all the, the month that we always say sell, sell in May and go away, right? And then remember to come back in September or something like that. So we've got a interesting time period now, Abs, that we got to look at what's going to happen. Um, and to me, I'm looking at this time period now as a potential. I have not been buying for a while. I don't know about you guys, but for the most part, you know, I don't like to DCA when we're going up. You know, When we're sitting in that 10 and 20, that's why I want to DCA. And I'm hoping that we're going to, I think we're going to see those those periods coming up in the June timeframe map. So that's what I'm keeping my eye on.
0: You're spot on. And when we look at the Bitcoin price chart, Johnny, it kind of says the same thing that you just painted. We went up to $30,000. Now we're going to back test this $25,000 range. But little did we know that could just be a quick rebound for our investors out there. And guys, we got 186 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Brad Garlinghouse released this clip from Dubai yesterday. but We cut it down to the most important 36 seconds. Because we're talking about the future of crypto regulation.
4: The case against Ripple by the United States SEC started two and a half years ago, so it's certainly been a bit frustrating and slow. But the good news is we're at the end of that journey. And while others in the crypto industry might be the beginning of that journey, uh, the silver lining for Ripple has been that it's we're kind of at the end. Sometime I would say within the next two and let's say six months, I expect a resolution. Uh, the judge had the judge in the United States has been fully briefed. She has a decision on her plate. Uh, a federal judge can operate on whatever timeline she would, in this case she would like. Uh, but I'm optimistic we're going to see resolution, I, I believe, before the end
0: of Q3. So, Billy, what everyone's been focusing on in this clip is the two to six month quote here. But I want to focus on the two sentences that came prior to that statement. It said, the good news is that we're at the end of our journey. And while others in crypto industry might be beginning that journey, the silver lining for Ripple is has been that we're kind of at the end sometime I would say between the next two and six months, he expects a resolution and he's optimistic. We'll see a resolution before the end of Q3. And the reason he's giving that timeline there, Billy is exactly what John Deaton told me and Johnny crypto out there. And um, sorry, Johnny, I keep doing that with the camera is what John Deaton told us out there in Las Vegas. He said that by September 30th of this year, Judge Torres is going to be forced to make a decision or else she's going to have to present this case to Congress, which is something they typically avoid. So what's stuck out to you most there and what's on your mind, Billy?
3: Yeah. I mean, just like everyone else, I noticed the two to six months in the beginning. Can you bring that article back up? Uh, Because I haven't really heard him say, you know, timelines very much. Uh, The fact that what he says that we are at the uh, industry might be at the beginning of that journey, the silver lining for Ripple has, it has been that we are kind of at the end. I want to kind of, Wonder what that means kind of at the end and optimistic that we're going to see a resolution. I wonder if that you know ties in. Are they going to take a settlement? Are they going to take it all the way to the end? But yeah, you're absolutely correct. They had Judge Torres has to make a decision at some point or this is going to go to Congress, man. That's going to be even even more bullshit to come if we do that.
0: Mario, I want to get your thoughts on this article as well. We gave our listeners an update on that um Brad Garlinghouse clip yesterday. But I have a clip that goes extremely well with this. So this this was a a video from the Central Bank Digital Currency Symposium out of London yesterday. And there were two key officials here. There's Ripple and there's Amazon Web Services talking about the future of CBDCs. Here's the latest update out of London. It's
4: very possible that the judge could issue a decision that only applies to Ripple. And therefore, it won't be clear. There will be many other companies who are stuck in the same regulatory, ambiguous state that they are today. The second is it doesn't allow for public engagement, and and the best rulemaking, legislative or regulatory process involves that, that public output, not just from industry, but from academics, from consumers, to really have all parties weighing in, voicing their concerns to get to the best outcome possible. You just miss all of that when you have to go through the courts to reach reach an outcome, which again, just may not even solve the problem that affects industry.
0: And Johnny, the possible. biggest news out of this morning from the United States is the fact that an oversight committee is now suing the SEC for what they've done to regulate the crypto market so far. And this is a narrative we've covered deeply on our channel. Jay Clayton and William Hinman have blatantly regulated Ethereum into success when it comes to the United States. And now we may see something similar when it comes to Ripple. It's very possible that the ruling only applies to Ripple. How do you feel about that quote and the table's turning when it comes to the Ethereum versus Ripple regulatory story?
1: Well, I mean, I think as we heard from Jeremy Hogan, the ruling depends on at what level, court level, uh, this decision gets made. Abs. So if it gets made at the appellate level, it becomes a much more binding ruling for the overall industry. If it's made at Judge Torres's level, just the federal circuit level, It's not as binding, and it can be. And if it's a settlement, it's literally just Ripple and nobody else. So you can kind of see there's multiple tiers here that matter in how this thing is going to play out, and that's what we're looking to see. And no surprise here that you're seeing, you know, the oversight committee finally, you know, stepping up here and suing or doing whatever they need to do to kind of force the SEC to hold some – If you will, I think this is more of, I don't think, you know, you really can't sue the government, so I'm not so sure how far that's going to go. But if anything, it might just be a little bit of push for some accountability that needs to be held here, Abs, if you ask me.
0: Do you think it plays into this quote with Brad Garlinghouse, Johnny? Before I kick it back tomorrow, I want to get your thoughts. He said, "The good news is that we're at the end of our journey, while others in the crypto industry might be at the beginning." And I think that ties in perfectly to the video I just showed. There, Ripple might be in a situation where they have clarity, and the rest of the crypto market, even projects like Ethereum and Algorand, are just starting their dealings with the SEC.
1: Well, so again, that the answer is, and I hate giving answers like, but the answer is, it depends, right? As for what I literally just said. Um, If depending on where that ruling comes and how the ruling happens, if it's a settlement, then absolutely Brad's right. Ripple's going to be so far ahead abs of everybody else because they will have the clarity. They would have been through the two year journey. They would have spent the $200 million to get that clarity, which is an expensive price tag. Um, and they will be way ahead of the industry abs. But if we get a ruling at judge Torres's level, Eh, that kind of gives, you know, again, ripple the advantage for sure. And maybe some other uh, of these companies like Elgo, their attorneys absolutely will point to the case. But if we get an appellate level ruling, there's no doubt about it. That helps the industry as a whole. So we're going to have to wait and see how this whole thing plays out. But Brad is absolutely right in his statement. They are so far ahead of the race. I mean, miles ahead of everybody else. If they get a settlement or ruling at Judge Torres's level. They will be miles ahead in terms of uh, what the outcome will be for them and how they can proceed and operate moving forward.
0: Mario, and what I really believe is going on here, and you can tell from this Ripple report that came out yesterday, I want to give a shout-out to somebody we started communicating with at XRP Las Vegas, Linda P. Jones. She does great content on YouTube. She's going to be joining Good Morning Crypto relatively soon. And this was an article that she highlighted on her channel. Ripple released this new report, The Future of Central Bank Digital Currencies – And if you scroll down below, they highlight many of the projects that their company is involved in. As you can see, Mario, I thought of you when I saw this first one. In Brazil, the central bank is readying plans to launch a CBDC by next year. The central bank of Montenegro recently announced a pilot project with Ripple. The Bank of England seems to be moving forward with a digital pound as evidence on their job listings for central bank digital currencies. And anybody who doesn't know, we've covered this extensively on Good Morning Crypto. Ripple is a part of the foundation creating the digital pound. so i don't want to go through this whole list here and bore people mario But what do you think is really going on is it finally time that the sec is held accountable when it comes to the stall tactics they used on ripple by suing them and using the sec as a regulatory arm
2: yeah i mean th- this battle with the sec has it, been going on for a while and, and i mean it's the only country in the world where we're seeing a battle between a government agency and and the industry right where which is crypto or blockchain. Like we're not seeing this happen anywhere anywhere else in the world, which which is mind boggling because, um, you know, I think we're having some issues with my mic. So I'll, I'll let somebody else take the floor. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to outline that. Like it, it's crazy how like the U.S. is at the forefront of this battle and they're starting to get so much pressure. So...
1: Abs, uh, you're on mute, buddy. We can't hear you. Oh, sorry about that. That's a rookie
0: mistake right there. And we
3: got 263 <laughs> live listeners going <laughs> us.
0: Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Johnny, I was just in the process of kicking it to you. The highlight, the story that I tried to outline before giving it to Mario is that the SEC purposefully delayed Ripple because of the innovation that we're seeing right in front of our eyes. And I went through the projects they're currently working on. Obviously, SEC officials understand this. So do you think that's what was really happening? And are they going to be held accountable during this new lawsuit?
1: Uh, no, no. Yeah, not, the lawsuit is not going to go anywhere. It's going to get thrown out. You, you really can't sue a government agency. I don't believe for the most part. So this will be you know this will be a dog without teeth. You know you have some barking, but that's about it. Uh, there'll be no bite. Um, will, will it will it drum? Up? Yeah, I mean maybe a few congressmen will pick up this article and maybe talk a little bit about it, abs. But for the most part, I personally don't think we'll see anything any any lawsuit type of thing happening here. Um, it'll kind of be like a it'll be kind of more like when Gary was on the stand. He got hammered and then and then that was it, right? I don't I don't know if anything more is gonna come out of it, but uh I I wanna see more come out of it, Abs. I wanna see some accountability. I want the end, but Gary has already told you that's just full clarity. And then all you gotta do is come on in. And so, you know, there's no problem there, right? Everything's there. Gary's ready. Come on I'm in. Really I
0: said that, Johnny. I'm very, very happy you used those words specifically because there's a member of US Congress who's calling out Gary for saying exactly that. This is a very brief video and then we'll kick it back to Billy here. Here we go. Peter's saying that we should, that, uh, cryptocurrency and digital asset companies
4: should just come in and register, that it's just a form on the website. Uh, it is not. It's unclear to us and I believe it's unclear to the regulators as well just what registration means for uh, a digital asset uh, exchange and for I would say every uh, meaningful provider in the digital
1: asset ecosystem.
3: Um, registration is
5: typically the filing uh, of an S-1 statement, which is the um, which is the form by which companies spend millions of dollars in many years to go public and become a public company. Frankly. It, there are a number
0: of securities practitioners in the room. I think um, I think we would all be lying if, if if we had any idea how that could possibly work for the products that digital asset companies offer today there you go johnny crypto and this is the chief legal officer at kraken who little oh, did he know if he had just filled out a form on the website could have saved himself 30 million dollars but we got 289 live simple listeners form. On.
1: simple form
0: show us some love smash that like button if you're looking for that form on gary gensler's website <laughs> the chief legal officer at kraken but johnny give me some thoughts on what Kate to billy
1: i mean it's so sad right there abs so that that's exactly how do you come out and say it's a simple form and then you know you've got these exchanges you don't think Kraken would have filled out the form and saved themselves thirty million dollars if it was there? I mean, uh, I mean, again, Jeremy Hoban exposed the truth right the other day at the at the XRP conference when he said, "Go fill out the form." The first question is, "How many shares of stock do you want to issue?" I mean, I mean that's I mean, it's at night and day. We're we apples and oranges over here. We're not even close. We're not even on the same uh, uh, farm tree or a tree uh, farm. You know, farm. So I think that that's the problem. Abs is. There is no clarity. And the nice thing is it's good that I haven't heard a single congressman call that, but you did hear Mr. Santori call that out there and say, hey, you know, there is no simple form. It's not that easy. Of course, these companies would have all done it if they could. Abs, we're talking to millions and millions of dollars in a new industry. You don't think they're not going to fill out a form if it's there? So, again, the real question is, where is the accountability to say to the, to the SEC, hey, guys, fix the form? I mean at the end of the day, it comes from the top down, and we already know Gary thinks there's no problem. So abs, let me ask you a question. How do you fix a problem when the guy at the top says there's no problem? Burn the house down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh my gosh, stop inciting right now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's Friday, it's fire Friday, I guess. <laughs> Is that all, Johnny? Is that the, did I answer your question there? I mean, for the most well, yeah. I mean the, the, the really? No, not, not really, not honestly, right? At the end of the day. This is the problem. You, you can't fix a problem when the guys at the top think there is no problem. And so the only way to fix that now is you have to have a change at the top. And we all know that there, until we see some change at the top, nothing's going to happen. And we're just going to get the same narrative over and over and over. Now, the only thing, the only thing that might happen here is a ruling from the courts in the Ripple case, which will bring some clarity. But that doesn't mean Gary's going to go fix the form on the line, online. Billy, I want to get some thoughts from you on this article
0: as well, but somebody brought up a relevant title when it comes to Quant Network. Someone said Quant Network is already being tested with the Bank of England. And sorry, I just got to keep everyone muted so we don't get an echo. When Quant Network is already working with the Bank of England and they're regulated as a utility token in the UK, Switzerland, and the EU under the new MECA rules. This is confirmed to be working with the Bank of England through the BIS project, rosa Lind. They're also headquartered in London, and Nexi is a key partner, which is the largest payments operator in Europe. That's not the only good news we have for our listeners and Quant holders out there. Check out this corresponding update out of Dubai. Munn confirmed that the Bank of England had been experimenting with the Digital Pound, and they explained that Quant has been an important participant within these experiments. More evidence for our holders out there. Quant Network is taking over when it comes to traditional finance and digital finance moving together. Billy. What sticks out to you? Feel free to address anything. I want you to just throw that Quant Network update in there.
3: Oh no worries. Yeah, Quant man. I don't think people. Uh, I hope that people buying PayPay Coin and Sheeb and all that is buying some Quant as well. Uh, please, for the love of God, buy some Quant. Uh, especially you know with everything that's going on in the world and and how they have their team set up. We've been talking about Quant for a while. I mean, hell, we watched Quant go up to what three four hundred dollars. I wish I had Merlin back then, bro. Oh my God, I just saved so much freaking money. It'd have been stupid. But anyways, watch it come back down. And Quant's still one of the ones that we watch the partnerships that they're making, just like Ab just showed, you know, uh, it's it's all about the partnerships that you're making, the building the bridges to, to, you know, scale what it is that you're trying to build. And if you look at Ripple's the same way, look who they're partnering with. Mess, you know, screw all the noise and the media and what the propaganda they're pushing. Look who they're partnering with. Look who they're moving forward with. It, look who they're moving forward with and just look how they're they're pushing along. The other thing that I want to go back to was there is no accountability in government and politics. There is only power and distribution of money. That is it. And the way you get the power is by the distribution of money. Um, so the reason that they don't have clarity is so they can keep the power and they can move how they want. We've been saying it for a while. They didn't know how to move because they don't know how to manipulate it yet. Um, that's just in my opinion. But there's never been a level of accountability that comes to the government. Like Johnny said, the government really doesn't get sued. Now, if you mess up, they're going to sue the shit out of you, and you're probably going to go to jail. But it never works vice versa, and they never give up power, so.
0: Spot on, Johnny. And that's what Brad Garlinghouse is dealing with behind the scenes. I know people have seen this video enough, but we got to give our personal takes when it comes to the individual segments within this video. But we got 296 live listeners joining us. Show us some love, smash that like button. And there's two things we're going to address here. We're going to address the Brad Garlinghouse clip out of Dubai And the corresponding story about how the empower oversight committee is suing the sec for conflict of interest when it comes to regulating in the united states so be sure to stick around be sure to smash that like button and here's the latest update out of dubai
4: i am incredibly optimistic about the future of crypto and uh, you know if you if you had told me that over the last year you're gonna have the Terra luna fiasco you're gonna have the ftx meltdown and you're gonna have a banking meltdown in the united states servicing crypto and yet Bitcoin would still be at roughly 27, 28, 30,000. I wouldn't have believed you. And it really, I think, speaks to the resilience of crypto and why so many people are looking to it as a long term uh, place of value, a long term, even maybe safe haven. Now, I don't know that that plays out in one year or two years, but I do think if you look at over the long arc of time, these technologies are here to stay. Still- That's
0: a great place to posit there, Johnny. He said, safe haven for wealth. We've talked about Bitcoin a little bit yesterday, but do you think he's referring to XRP and cryptos with actual use cases? Because that's how I like to categorize things within the market today, Mario. I'd love to start with you. Bitcoin store value, XRP utility token. Is Brad Garlinghouse putting them all in the same category here?
2: Um, no, I don't think he is. I mean, uh, I definitely agree with you. I definitely think you know Bitcoin store value definitely it's it's uh, it's gained that 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 kind of that classification and through its time in the market, but you know, XRP technology, XRP, and we've been seeing it recently with the ordinals and some of this other stuff that's trying to be implemented in, in the Bitcoin network. The Bitcoin network just simply can't handle it. The fees go through the roof. So when it comes to bringing in, um, when it comes to bringing in like more value on, on chain, I think that there are much better options out there, like XRP being one of them, obviously, and uh, and, and many others. I mean, obviously I have, um, I'm in, I'm, I'm, more inclined to say XRP because of how much uh, XRP I own and and how much I'm betting on on the technology. But I know that there's other technologies out there that are very well positioned to take over the space or certain areas of the space too. Johnny, I don't want to move
0: on unless you have an additional comment because we're about to show our listeners how right now the United States government is holding the quote-unquote decentralized Bitcoin. They've got over 200,000 Bitcoin in their wallet and they've already announced they're going to be selling all of that By the end of 2023, so if you're talking about selling pressure at the end of the year, here's a huge chunk of that right there, but let's go back to the Brad Garlinghouse clip. What did you think about his statements?
1: Well, actually, let me address that one first that you just brought that up. If the U.S. does dump all of that, and that's a, how many did you say? 220 million? Uh, 200,000 tokens and the value fluctuates It's about 270 million today. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of, that's, that's a big, big check. 270, 270 million. Although if Michael Saylor wanted to come in and buy it all up and maybe he will, we'll have to see, but I'll be honest with you, abs, that is something I, we should keep our eye on. We should look at and see how Bitcoin holds up during that dump. That's a major dump. It's probably one of the biggest, if it holds up and can survive that dump. Bitcoin's going to be here forever. It's for real. It'll be here and it ain't going in. If somebody buys up that amount of BTC and that will form a new, and I'm not a technical guy, but in my opinion, that'll somewhat form a And Billy can speak more to the technical, but I would think that And this guy, Greenwood hates BTC. He's never going to say anything good. And I'm not a BTC lover, hater. I don't care. You know, the reality is this. I just look at facts and if it can hold up on a dump that large, you know, and I'm sure they won't dump it in one day, but and somebody's buying that volume up, that will be instant validation that Bitcoin is here to stay. And, and maybe it's BlackRock or whoever buys it. The, well, actually you don't want, you don't want companies who are going to manipulate the buy. It. You really want to see it being distributed out, maybe through 401ks and things like that, where it has a solid baseline abs. And that will actually set it. So I'll be looking for that. This is very interesting. So I, I abs, that's great piece of research there to find out, where this thing is going to be and to see if this thing dumps. And if it holds up at the end of the year, there you go. Brad will be spot on because the reality is Bitcoin has taken a big hit. Crypto has in general. And yet you still saw Bitcoin holding in that 20 to 30 K range. It kind of tells me that, you know, you heard a lot of people saying Bitcoin was going to go to zero. Well, you know what, with all those collapses happening, all this horrible news, don't you think that's what would have driven it to zero? But yeah, here we are 20 to 30 K. So, very, very interesting. Bitcoin is, I think, really here to stay, apps.
0: Billy, you're going to like this statistic as well. And we covered this on the show just yesterday. For every $800 that are laundered in the dark web, there's only $1 worth of Bitcoin. Yet, this is the currency that they're saying is used most for nefarious activities. So I think that just goes on to paint the picture there. Before we get back into our SEC news, how do you feel about the Bitcoin uh, news we just presented?
3: I, I was just putting it in the chat. Uh, if. If Bitcoin can survive a drop or a price shift of that magnitude coming into the market, I myself would buy a Bitcoin. Um, And you guys know how I feel. But that would be a market, um, I don't want to say a market stabilizer, but that would be a very, very good indication of of a bottom for for Bitcoin to survive that kind of dump. That kind of dump anywhere in the market of anything is going to move your market and give you a determination if your value can hold, if the people are still going to use it um when it when it has that move the other thing i want to talk about is how they always talk about you know things used on the dark web and you know Bitcoin's used for this you can't run a dollar bill past a drug sniffing dog and not have it alert man there's there's traces of cocaine marijuana crack whatever on damn near every dollar bill that goes to the thing so (laughs) it doesn't matter what you're using if there's a supply of something and a demand of something Whatever that middle part is, that middle part is, man, it's called bartering. People are going to use their skills and services. So you you can't ever control that aspect of what people are going to use. You just have to try to change people's mindset. Maybe they don't do shitty stuff in order to use those types of things. Um, but we'll never control people. We just got to try to give people healthier and you know make better decisions. Uh, but it doesn't matter if it's technology, gold, silver, um, whatever. It could be food, man. Whatever you control the supply and demand with, you can manipulate people with.
0: Spot on, Billy, and here is the remainder of that Brad Garlinghouse clip, guys. We're going to connect this to the Empower Oversight Committee lawsuit right after this clip. Here we go.
4: Serving a purpose. And the more we as a community and an industry focus on solving real problems, focus on the utility of crypto, the more we're going to see the industry thrive. i I think the destabilization of banking has been a major driver of crypto since the beginning of the crypto industry and you know we go back to the original satoshi nakamoto bitcoin white paper really came out of the ashes what i'll call the ashes of 2008-2009 banking crisis I think we continue to see angst around banking be a driver of crypto interest and crypto adoption. And I don't think it's any different than what we've seen in the United States over the last few months, that despite these kind of what I'll call meltdowns of the two second and third largest bank failures ever in U.S. history. Now, what does that mean long term for the dollar and the you know, reserve currencies? I think it's too early to know those things. I think. The only thing I guess I would say is we often overestimate the change that will happen in five years, but think we underestimate the change that happens in 10 years. And 20-
0: That's a great quote. And that comes from the early 2000s during with the internet and when the early adopters were trying to push this onto the masses. But guys, we got 321 live listeners joining us on this Friday. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Johnny, not only is Brad Garlinghouse pointing out the obvious when it comes to crypto regulation, we've got the Federal Reserve can pick. Pay- creating a competing system while the SEC is trying to move away from decentralized networks. So real quick I'm going to pull up a corresponding article. What stuck out to you about the Brad Garlinghouse
1: clip? Oh, well, I mean I think Brad is spot on that we we totally don't or we underestimate what's happening short term and, and long versus what's coming long term because humans can't most humans We've seen this through, you know, technology evolution. Uh, they don't know what's possible until you actually show it to them when they see it. And when you show them or see it, they can actually react to it very well. But if they had to envision what it is, most people can't. And I'm not saying everybody, but a good chunk of the society, and they can't do that. So Brad is spot on, Abs, when he says people are going to underestimate what happens here, or, or sorry, overestimate and then underestimate what could be coming in the future. What's coming in the future is going to be mind-blowing. What's possible when you think of, you know, you being immersed into an environment that the metaverse, for example, can immerse you in with the smells and the sounds and the feel and probably even the taste of somehow uh, that's coming. But people can't envision it right now. They really can't. They laugh when they see somebody wearing it. You know, the stages we talk about. First, they ignore you. Then they laugh at you. Then they fight you. Then they join you. The same thing's going to happen with the kind of like the immersion of this technology through the metaverse. People will be laughing at people and wearing it in their face. And five years later, they'll be the same people who are laughing. They'll be exactly Billy. They'll have them on their face and immersed in that same universe. That's coming. So I think Brad is spot on. Billy, he
0: also brought up another narrative, which we've talked about the collapse of the US dollar when it comes to the global reserve currency. We're seeing BRICS nations around the world expand their reach into different countries. For anybody who doesn't know, BRICS nations, that's Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa, are coming together to form a new, a, a basically, a new payment system away from the American SWIFT system. Well, Janet Yellen's commenting and saying that her group, a group of nearly seven countries could take action to counter China's economic coercion because, of course, in the United States, there's never any coercion going on here. So, Billy, just broadly, I wanted to get some thoughts. And while you're speaking, I'm going to show you a video of Janet Yellen and Jerome Powell. We don't need the audio here out of out of Japan.
3: Um, yeah, that's what we all need. A little a little hobbit leading seven other countries to uh, to oblivion. Man, it, it just it just amazes me how these people look at them. Hi, I'm Janet. How you doing? Um, how they think they can just go against, you know, Brazil, Russia, India, China, um, South Africa. Those are major players. And those are players that are playing for keep, keeps. We we over here can't pull our heads out of our ass. I mean, we're still debating and I'm not trying to get into, you know, the politics side of it, but we're still arguing over boys and girls and, you know, things of that nature. These people over here, these other countries are doing real things like they're They're changing their people's lives over here. We're over. I don't know what we're doing at this point. But the last person that I'm going to put faith in is the the mini version of Joe Biden over here. Uh, It's just there's just no way, man. And I don't care what seven countries she brings to the table there. I don't that's not happening, bro. I don't care. No, it's just not happening.
0: And Johnny Crypto is a little bit nervous about some of these headlines. So he has to fade into the background. But Billy, I'm going to give you a quick update myself. I'm not worried. But guys, we got 316 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And I know what you're going to say, Johnny. I'm wet behind the ears. But you know what? That's all right. And out of China, we got a huge update as nearly half a million specialists are being trained on distributed ledger technology. And Billy, this only adds to your narrative. While the United States is moving away from this tech, China is teaching people how to use this tech to their advantage. And we could see the market become increasingly Asian, increasingly centric over in the Asian community. So I just wanted to get your thoughts there as well.
3: We're just, bro, we're so different as a people, man. I mean, you just, you, you look at other countries. Um, divorce really doesn't exist in other countries. It's prevalent here. Why? Because there's no accountability things. Like um, if, if you don't want to be something, you just change. There's, there's, they're actually teaching their people and giving them the skill sets. We're putting dumb shit in front of our kids and allowing them to be on their phones and no accountability anymore. It's just crazy where we are. So the more that we get divided in that, the more that we're going to grow apart. Right. And it's, it's like you said, it's all about narrative. How do you tear down a country, man? You start when they're little, you go after the kids, you control how they brought up and then you got their minds forever. Um, so yeah, if they could train 500,000 people here, to do, you know, distributed technology and actually bring it here, let us understand it and make the decisions. We already know what it is, they just don't want us to know.
0: Here's what makes absolutely no sense, Billy, and I'm going to kick it tomorrow here, is that when we listen to the big banks, Bank of America, Citibank, HSBC, they all tell us that in the next 10 years we're going to see 8 to 10 trillion dollars of central bank digital currencies in the global economy. Why wouldn't we be training people how to use these if the banks are are going to facilitate this technology? There's no way around it. So, Mario, what do you think's going on here? American banks know this technology is coming, but we are not educating people on how to take advantage of it.
2: Yeah, that that's crazy. And I think Billy summarized it really well. You know, it's it's uh, America's is looking like it's falling behind, and it, and it as I stated yesterday, it's looking like it's falling behind. I have a hard time believing that they're really falling behind in the background. You know that. In the background, they're definitely aware of this technology. They're definitely, in my opinion, they're definitely doing something about it, but they're making it look like, you know, that this is not going to get anywhere. This is magic internet money, as they've called it many times in the past, and it's fake and it's it's used for nefarious activities, and they're giving us all the negativity, but I am pretty certain that, you know, banks, uh, central banks, the people that really have the ability to make an impact and 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 make the, these kind of changes i really think that they are looking at it but there's no doubt that you know seeing articles articles like that with with china teaching um how to use this technology i mean that's that's crucial it's it's just like cybersecurity. Cybersecurity is kind of the the job of of um it's kind of like this very high demand job right now and obviously blockchain is only going to going gonna, to going to grow Mario, and when you look at who
0: the bad guys are, let's try to figure out who's partnering with the Federal Reserve. As Walmart hints as early as as early adopters of Fed now, while Amazon could be not too far behind. But guys, we got 327 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Johnny, this is what the SEC was probably doing. Let's get into the main article for today. The main article for today is that the Empowerment Oversight Committee is suing the SEC in district court. For documents in crypto conflicts controversy, and this is something we've highlighted for months on our channel, William Hinman and Jay Clayton giving Ethereum a free pass by stating it was not a security. The Empowerment Oversight Committee filed a complaint against the SEC in the United States District Court of Columbia, seeking to compel the SEC to comply with a December 2022 Freedom of Information Act regarding conflict of interest and selective enforcement by high-level officials Regarding cryptocurrencies. That is a mouthful. So, Johnny, anytime you want me to pause, just give me a thumbs up. I'll pause, let you comment. The December 2022 request was an effort to counter the SEC's bad faith gamesmanship in failing to comply with the Empower Power Oversights initial request more than a year earlier. In August of 2021, they filed an FOIA request to select SEC seeking all communications between SEC officials, their former and future employers relating to cryptocurrencies. The former SEC official, William Hinman, received millions of dollars in compensation from his former employer, Simpson and Thatcher, while helping guide the SEC's enforcement decisions on cryptocurrencies. Simpson-Thatcher was part of a group promoted Ethereum, a cryptocurrency that Hinman publicly declared was not a security, while the SEC claimed enforcement actions against other similar products were unregistered securities. I think it's a good time to pause and get some comments, Johnny. What do you think about this finally coming to fruition after all these months of us unveiling the details?
1: Well, according to this article, it says here that they filed for it in uh, in uh, 2021. They had filed a detailed version to get all communications between senior officials in the SEC and formal officials, right? So basically, they were seeking the Hinman the emails. Let me ask you a question. How well did that work out? Nope. I'm, I'm still down. waiting on the Hillary
3: emails. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope you ain't holding your breath on that one, Billy. So, you know, as I pull on my Nostradamus hat over here, uh, basically, I'll predict the future. And uh I will go on record right now saying abs we ain't gonna see. There ain't no way we're getting those hymn and emails. This FOIA request might get something, but what you ain't gonna get, you ain't getting those hidden emails. It ain't happening. It isn't gonna happen. Uh nothing's gonna happen here other than maybe they'll give them a they'll give him a couple crumbs, you know, a little breadcrumbs there to draw. Oh, I, by the way, abs as we're going through it. Uh I don't know if you saw us, but look who just rolled out of bed and hopped in today. I think we might have to make I gotta this. Guess that's
0: NFT tones, my man. NFT tones, if you show up <laughs> 38 minutes late to the show, you don't get an introduction. So we're going to keep it rolling this morning. And guys, Johnny, I'm going to read this quick paragraph before we kick it back to tones and the rest of the group. The SEC's failure to provide any transparency on this issue is making a bad situation look even worse. We're approaching two years since the empower power Oversight Committee made its initial FOIA request and a year and a half since our first lawsuit. Yet the SEC has consistently stonewalled any attempts to shed light on these clear conflicts of interest at the SEC. This suit against the agency should force the SEC to do its searches as it knows it must do it in order to give the public answers we've long sought for. So, NFT Tones, I may as well start with you. We're talking about the corruption within the SEC today, but finally, the Empowerment Oversight Committee is holding them accountable here. First of all,
5: how you feel, my friend, and what do you think about this news? I mean, this is. Uh, I'm feeling great. It's great to be back. It's been a crazy amount of time with school and everything going on, and it's been rough. But now that finals hit, it's great to be here. So let's after dive after back into this. So uh, this is this is big news because I mean, it's showing that there's eyes being poured onto this, and it's really going to help. Hopefully, weed out this bad. The bad plants and the bad crap in the society in the sec hopefully this will hopefully make crypto a better place well that's wishful
0: thinking tones and i'm with you there i really really do hope this helps to bring a better environment for crypto in the u.s but johnny clearly it's intentional what they were doing and these charges outline that very clearly they had over two years to look into this lawsuit and right now we're finally seeing them respond so what does it mean to you could they be held accountable in this lawsuit? Please give me a real answer. What do you think
1: will happen here? I mean, first of all, I gotta laugh here. Don't <laughs> wish your doctors know. I, I love our audience. We have the best audience in the world. But getting back to the to the to the to the article, Abs, I told you already. Honestly, I don't think you're gonna get. Anything out of this thing. It's just going to be another 4 request. And we're going to get, maybe we'll get some piddlings. We'll get some sharing, a couple emails here and there, back and forth, that people could talk about. Oh, hey, look at this. But the Hinman emails, the things we really want, that we want to see, forget about it. I don't think you're going to see it. Now, when might you get those? Somebody asked, hey, when we get a sediment, will we get them? Yeah, maybe. When the case is over, who gives a shit? At that point, it's over. I mean, we want them now. We want to see what's going on, and we're not getting them. It's not going to happen. If Don't, they were going to get leaked and we were going to get them, they were going to come already. It's not going to happen. And uh, I think when we asked Jeremy Hogan the same question, when we see them, he said the same thing that he doesn't think we'll see him. And if we do see him, it'll be after the the case is long over.
3: You know, they'll do it. They'll do it sort of like they did Pfizer and stuff. They'll come to an agreement, but they can't release documents for seventy five years. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm like still so.
0: waiting on those JFK documents, guys, but we got 321 <laughs> live <laughs> listeners joining us. Guys, that's what I'm talking about. The SEC and these SEC officials, no one really holds them accountable. That was the biggest problem I had when we watched Gary Gensler at that hearing, even though he wouldn't claim that Ethereum's a security, certain cryptos are commodities. No one cares. At the end of the day, who's really holding him accountable? By the time he's out of office, it's going to be 2025 and there'll be a new figurehead for us to be upset with. But this is another update for us to give you in regards to the suing of the SEC from the Empowerment Oversight Committee. In that decision, the Empowerment Oversight Committee requested information about specific search terms the SEC used to identify communications with Simpson and Thatcher, the Ethereum Alliance, and One River Management, each of which was identified in August 2021's request. The SEC refused to conduct any searches stating that they could not know the names of the the personnel from these entities. And the SEC asked the Empowerment Oversight Committee for a list of names when conducting searches. The SEC then refused to search for the names once the Oversight Committee provided them. So Mario, can you believe that? What are we witnessing here? I'm going to give you the open floor.
2: Yeah. I mean, we're, yeah, we're we're witnessing what we've been witnessing for a long time, right? <laughs> it's complete confusion. Nobody understands anything that's happening. It's it's crazy. But, you know, nothing new under the sun, unfortunately, apps. Uh, I just can't wait to the moment that uh, we do finally get some clarity in the space in the United States. Again, the whole entire world is, is seeing this space for what it is. Only the United States is, seems to be in this battle. But as Tones was saying, and I think he was spot on, there's a lot of ice coming into into this right now there's a lot of uh uh, fingers being pointed towards the sec from a lot of different directions so i think that something's got to give very soon and i'm excited to see um what that giving is going to be but nonetheless guys i'm going to bounce since uh uh, tones finally made it and he got that doctor's note i'm going to make it out of here so i got so i can get some stuff done but it was great being on with you guys it was great seeing everybody in the chat i love you all and have a great weekend thank you so much
0: mario appreciate you giving us your time this morning and you're going to love this
1: did we lose abs
5: abs we're not getting any volume or anything i'm mute
0: again abs you there oh sorry you just missed my whole introduction i'm so sorry about that so (laughs) i was gonna say this is a brand new this is a brand new video or not a brand new video this is a video we discovered last night from vitalik buterin back in 2016 describing how ethereum's not the internet of value ripple is creating the internet of value and with that being said now that i've butchered the introduction here's the video i was trying to play that's
1: really what ethereum is Talking
0: about, of course, instance, we right there. He said it. The audio was a little bit tough, but he said, we're not the internet of value. Ripple is the internet of value. And Johnny, this is the same man that in December of 2020, after Ripple was sued by the SEC, he called it a shitcoin
1: coin on his Twitter. I can pull up the tweet. What do you think about yes, this? Video he yes, he did. He called it a shit. I'm starting to wonder if him, maybe he's related to Gary. And they say a lot, lot of hypocrisy going on. Say one thing and then the, the opposite a few months later. So it might be some. Uh, you're going to have to do some investigative digging there and see if there is any DNA relationship there between the two of them. But it is funny that I don't know if that was a Freudian slip, but he literally said that uh, you know, Ripple is the internet of value. Um, and, you know, you're right. He did. Yeah, there was obviously an ugly battle going on between the two of them. And they felt that Ripple was throwing them under the bus. So I, I understand why Vitalik came out and said what you're showing here on the screen. Um, but, you know, nonetheless, I, I think I think early on when this all started, a lot of these guys or these companies felt like they were all on the same team. And then, you know, they started fighting each other, which is actually a bad thing. I've been saying it for the longest time. This industry is under attack right now, Abs. The worst thing that could happen is for them to be interfighting with each other when there's a when there's a larger enemy outside. And so what you wanna see happen now that the SEC is coming after somebody says so you wanna see if it brings these guys together. Are we gonna see Ripple? Are we gonna see Ethereum? Are we gonna see uh, not Ethereum? Sorry, are we gonna see Ripple? Are we gonna see Coinbase? Are we gonna see Binance all coming together through some coalition or whatever to kind of Lobby and fight for the, you know, to to balance the scales out apps. This to me, when you always ask me, Johnny, what are you looking for? That's one of the biggest things I'm looking for right now. Do we see, do we see some camaraderie starting to happen? Because the enemy of my enemy is my friend. We'll have to wait and see. Johnny Crypto, this
0: is a great time to show our listeners the smartest way to track your crypto. And guys, you're going to get the first day first 30 days absolutely have you gotten wrecked in the crypto market space or watched your crypto portfolio go all the way up and then all the way down without taking profits if so it's probably because you didn't have an exit plan the good news is that doesn't need to happen anymore thanks to a new and innovative crypto tracker called merlin it's the smartest way to track your crypto merlin brings all your coins into one place so you can see all your assets across the different exchanges on one screen You can see your total portfolio value and more importantly, your daily gains, losses and total since inception. Merlin puts the power back in your hands so you no longer have to guess what your portfolio is doing on a daily or monthly basis. Most importantly, Merlin lets you create an exit plan and sends you notifications when your targets are reached so you no longer have to get wrecked in the marketplace. Go to MerlinCrypto.com. That's MerlinCrypto.com and sign up for our free 30-day trial and get on the wait list so you can receive an email when the product is launched. Don't miss out on this new and innovative app, Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. It is the smartest way to track your crypto. And guys, click on the first link down below to get your 30-day free trial. But Johnny, you're going to love this investigative journalism we did yesterday. And with nearly 300 live listeners in the building, show us some love, smash or tap that like button and check out the latest update out of amazon ripple and stellar when it comes to central bank digital currency so i'm going to read a little bit here johnny i'm going to kick it right back to the group the annual digital monetary institute symposium in 2022 brought together central bank governors, speakers including the u.s treasury financial stability board securities and futures commission of hong kong amazon web services microsoft and of course the United States Securities and Exchange Commission. There was 126 central banks in attendance and also experts across the digital financial sector. The event pushed the boundaries of digital currencies and the future of capital markets. They discussed not only the use cases when it comes to central bank digital currencies, but we're going to go through the platinum partner list down below. Of course, this is why we brought it up on our video. The only platinum partner for the CBDC symposium hosted in London would be Ripple. Now, why is that so important? What's the benefit of being a partner here, Johnny? That was the first question that came to mind. The benefit of Ripple being a platinum partner is they're going to receive insight into retail and wholesale central bank digital currency learnings from trailblazers like the Securities and Exchange Commission. So can you believe it right here? They're going to be listening to the SEC talk about crypto while they've got this ongoing case going. We know Brad Garlinghouse won't be in attendance because he's in Dubai. What do you think about this? this finding right here. Is this a big
1: deal? I don't know. Well, I mean, I would love, I'd love to know who's representing or who's attending it from Ripple's behalf. And if they're going to be sitting right. Yeah. Do we have a name of, is it going to be Monica long, the president or who's going to be attending from ripple? And are they going to be sitting right across from Gary? That would be that would be very, very interesting. That would make for some really, really good TV. But um, so we got you
0: know, senior director of global policy at Ripple. She's going to be there. So that's a lead official, but it's really, it's difficult to tell. This list is very long. No, so but
1: that makes sense. You know, it makes sense that the policy, that the director of their uh, policymaking would be there because this is all policy type stuff. Right. So, I mean, that's a good thing that Ripple's in there and you, you want to see. Th- I mean, they should be, I mean, it would be it, to be honest with you, abs. it would be almost a mistake if they weren't there. So, It makes that look at it right there. Look at the themes. Right. So Crypt Central banks. I mean, look, at this is literally what Ripple does. Number three, cross-border payments. Jesus Christ. I mean, that's literally made for them, that topic. So they have to be there. They absolutely. If they weren't there, frankly, I would be highly worried because like, how are you going to participate in the development and be a part of this thing if you're not in the events where they're discussing this stuff? So they have to be there. And that is very, very encouraging that they are there and that they're a platinum member as well. You know, what's interesting is, What you should look at is who else from the payments and cross-border systems, you know, is XLM, is Stellar there? Is Hedera there, right? Uh, Is Quant there? Although Quant's a little different, right? Interoperability, but they should. Okay, ready? I have an
0: answer to this question. So Stellar was there. They're not a platinum partner. They just had a booth at the event, but it was
1: literally only Ripple and Stellar at this event with Amazon to discuss CBDCs. There you go. There you go. So very, very interesting to see that primarily only two players in the space, and one of them is a platinum player partner and one isn't. So I got two stories to connect
0: to this as well. We got a quote out line. of we got a quote out of this conference from one of Ripple's lead officials. They said, Every central bank that we talk to discusses cross-border payments with us. Not only is that a big detail, Johnny, an update out of digital perspectives, aka Brad Kimes said that while we can't say just yet that the BIS and Project Polaris is using the XRPL, we can say that they're working with Ripple to solve that problem. One can only wonder whether Ripper offers the XRPL as that solution, but I do think it's safe to to assume, Billy, that that's what's happening here. Again, we've got XRP working with CBDC projects. How excited does this get you?
3: I'm not a fan of CBDC, but I am a fan of, you know, them making partnerships. Just like Johnny said, look who's in the room, like who when they're making policies and things are coming to fruition. Who is in the room and who is there when those things are happening? Who, who's, you know, at the events and who's not at the events? That's going to tell you everything you need to know. This is this is huge, man.
0: And Billy, then not only was Goldman Sachs, or sorry, not only was Amazon at this event, Goldman Sachs was there as well. But guys, we got another massive update to show our listeners as Pepe Token was taking some heat yesterday, taking some criticism from Coinbase as Coinbase called it a symbol of hate. Well, here they are today apologizing for that article. Johnny, I want to get a good laugh out of this one. Said we screwed up and we're sorry. That's the title of this. We screwed up and we're sorry. Yesterday, we shared an overview of the Pepe meme coin to provide a fact-based picture On the trending topic, this did not provide the whole community with a better picture of the history of the meme, and we apologize to the community. What are they specifically addressing here? They said this was a symbol of the alt right and a symbol of hate. Shout out to Coinbase here.
1: What what does this mean to you, my friend? I mean, abs. It's a fucking frog. I don't know how else to say. I don't want to swear, but Jesus, freaking Christ, already. Can we get over? It's a green freaking frog. Can we leave the freaking frog alone? For heaven's freaking sake, can we stop being so damn, whatever the word is, you know, worried about every tones I see you're laughing up there. I mean, come on, guys. Let's go. Let's talk about something that has value in life. And let's not worry about a frog and whether it's related to the right or the left or the center. Jesus Christ, I'm so happy. Good. I'm glad they had to apologize for it because it was freaking stupidity at the highest level. We shouldn't even be talking about a freaking green frog right now. Abs. Let's go
0: rapid fire on the updates here because I don't know if Tones had a comment. Tones, did you want to comment there? Sorry about that. Sure,
5: sure. Why not? I mean, yo, meme coins, hey, at least they came out and apologized. I give them that.
0: (laughs) Unbelievable. Unbelievable. (laughs) Yep. And with that being said, guys, I'm going to go into our next article and I just lost it in the background, but this is a big update out out of Twitter this morning. As Twitter's new CEO, Cinda, Yakirion, I can't pronounce any name. Sorry about that. Is currently the executive chair at the World Economic Forum and was the vice president of advertising at NBC Universal. We've been an advocate of Elon Musk taking over Twitter, Billy, and we, this is something we've been excited about, hopefully, as a proponent of free speech. What do you think about somebody who's currently working at the World Economic Forum now becoming the CEO of supposedly the free speech platform?
3: You know, I still haven't made up my mind whether Elon's a good guy or bad guy. I think he's one of the smartest men that's walking the face of the earth. But um, I don't think he really believes in free speech because he's you know, he shuts down people all the time. When you believe in free speech, you believe in all speech. That means whether you like it or not, whether it's about you or not, you got to accept what comes. And whether it's about your kids, about your plane, whatever it's about free speech is free speech. And anything other than that is not free speech. Um, The fact that this lady's in here, I think it just goes along with everything else, man. It's it's a wait and see game. I agree with you. The fact that she worked in those those former places kind of makes some red flags, but we're in a time right now, just like you said earlier, everybody wants to be offended about something. Everybody wants to be a victim of something. Oh, you hurt my feelings. You're the alt-right. Oh, you hurt my feelings. You're the fucking snowflake or, or this and this. Not understanding that None of it makes a fuck like we're all here together to try to get through this shitty stuff that, that, that we're in. And we got these ah, these people in here, got us in here, man. And all we can do is focus on being a victim and under, not understanding that if we come together like Johnny was talking about earlier, they can't fucking stop us. We could leverage everything. If we had all these companies together to leverage, say, hey, we're going to shut it down unless you guys do this. We could absolutely do that. But we're so busy on this other end of stuff, being offended and everything that. We, we don't have time to grow. And if we could just acknowledge that and come together and realize that there's not a left, there's a, not a right, there's just us. And we're all trying to get through this shit together. And, you know, that's part of the thing that gets me about the crypto community, especially the influence, man. You guys are out here just bashing each other. Oh, you're, pick, you're You suck because you got this pick. You suck because you got this pick. What are y'all going to do when we're all in the food lines together? Because you got to keep that same energy in the food lines. So just if we could all come together, quit bashing each other and just like, I don't know, just bring it all together, man. Leverage us against them rather than them against us.
0: We've got a great video to play in correspondence to that, Billy, but we got 286 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Johnny Crypto, I got to get some quick commentary on this story before I play the video responding to Billy's clip. A French crypto trader has been sentenced to 18 months in jail and a fine of $3.7 million in Morocco for the crime of purchasing a Ferrari with Bitcoin, what are we witnessing here? What's going on? And how do you feel about these allegations?
1: This is scared to be Jesus out of everybody. Um, when you, I saw this article this morning and I had to read it twice, I was like, holy crap. At first, I thought I was in the US and that was really disturbing, obviously, across seas. But I mean, you know, not not being, uh, it's not legal tender, right? So again, you, uh, you know, you got to follow the laws of your country. So I understand it. You know, and it's sad. It's a sad, sad thing, uh, Abs, and it's going to make the news and we'll see what it means. But Abs, while we're on the topic of crypto, there's one thing that I want to share. I want to remind everybody because uh, this show is really for you guys. Um, Guys, we talked about the, the Gala airdrop. And just so you know, it is happening this Monday. So if you haven't, and Abs, I'm sharing my screen here. Sorry, I didn't, I didn't spring on you earlier, but I just remembered Monday is the airdrop. So, guys, um, you need to make sure your coins are on the Ethereum blockchain if you have them in a wallet. So make sure you're doing that. And these are all this a great list here of all the exchanges here that are actually supporting the drop. But however, we do know one that isn't Coinbase is not. So I'll try to put this link in the chat here if I can. But I just want all of our users, abs to be aware that the Gala drop, it happens Monday if you miss it. You're going to lose your coins. So it's a big thing. You might not want to miss that. So I just wanted to bring that to the forefront and make people aware. Drop coming. Make sure you move your coins this weekend and get them in the Ethereum wallet. Gala says the best place is to put it on the Gala account in there. You can open a Gala account and do it in their chain uh, to be safe. But all these other exchanges seem to be honoring it as well. Thank you, guys. This is
5: seriously important. Listen to what Johnny Crypto said, especially if you invested a lot, if you believe in the project you want to protect your funds and this is a way to do that so definitely pay attention read the article carefully thoroughly and make sure whatever uh, wallet you're using is on the website or exchange
0: awesome guys and thank you so much we're going to play this last video as an update this is out of xrp las vegas i'm going to play it twice this is the digital asset investor telling us why we're going to win Yeah. So I think that's a great way to end this Friday episode, Johnny. We're going to win because we're the good guys. And we got hey, – go ahead. Hey,
1: Abs, you remember that. We were standing right next to him up there. That was awesome getting to meet all those uh, those folks there. You know, really, really – hopefully, you know, I don't know how many of our audience made it there. I know some did. It was great to see you guys, whoever did make it. That was a great, great event. If you didn't make it, um, I would encourage you, you know, if there's one next year to come. there's so many good speakers Our man Abs here did a wonderful job as a host, hosting two different panels. It was so awesome to see him up there um, and to be bringing and educating the audience. 400, we were in a packed audience, Abs 400, not an empty seat around. It was really, really impressive. Absolutely, Johnny. And they were giving
0: Johnny Crypto the good old-fashioned encore after his segment. But guys, <laughs> do us a favor. Smash that like button. I hope you have an amazing weekend. Thank you to Billy. Thank you to NFT Tones. And thank you to Johnny Crypto himself. We'll see you guys in like 72 hours. And like we always say, Warriors
1: rise. Get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us. And next week, Wednesday guest, Brad Kimes coming up. Woo! Don't miss